Hey, ringers, welcome to episode 86 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. And boy, do we have a awesome episode in store for you that kind of talks about some of the feels, right? We get into some of the feels and it's a little bit of an episode for the heart and some things that Danielle and I have been on our hearts and on our minds lately about something that we need to get out of our vocabulary. But before we get into this episode, Danielle, I know you had some things to share. Yeah. So guys, I've teased on it a little bit, but over the past few months, I've been working on a project that I'm actually going to be sharing fully with you guys soon. And I honestly think you're going to love it. I know I'm really proud of it. It's actually launching on July 31st. So if you're listening to this when it first comes out and all of that, it's not quite launched yet. But I chose July 31st for my Harry Potter fans because that's Harry Potter's birthday. And actually, it's his 40th birthday this year. Wow. Right? That's kind of crazy. So I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. Our Patreons are actually going to have special access to the project. Um, but if you want to stay in the know, be sure to sign up for emails and updates at the put a ring on it podcast.com website, because that's where I'm going to be sharing a little bit more information with you guys over the next few weeks. And I'm so excited for it. And I think you guys are going to love it. Yeah. And if you're not sure about what Danielle just said about Patreons or Patreon patrons, go to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. There are some ways over there that you can support us and support the show. And by supporting us, you really mean that you're supporting other couples. That's what we do. There's some expenses around this podcast, and we want to keep bringing this to other couples. So if you have even gotten the smallest uh, bit of help or inspiration or encouragement from this episode or from this podcast, check out patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I and find out how you can support the show, which will support future couples and help them confidently plan their wedding. Indeed. Now, for today's episode, we're actually talking about the term Brightzilla, right? And one of the, I would say, top three questions that I always get asked when I tell people that I'm a wedding planner is, do you ever get any bridezillas or do you ever work with bridezillas? I can't tell you how mad it makes me. And the poor person that asked me that question is always met with my like, well, this Evil is why I tell them. Yeah, this is it. They just stand there looking at me with these big eyes. I basically say like, I don't believe in bridezillas. Planning a wedding is stressful, and sometimes that stress brings out words and actions that we're not proud of as human beings. But no one is ever perfect, and they shouldn't have to feel like they need to be when they're tasked with planning one of the biggest events of their lives so far. And then they just stand there blinking at me going, so that sounds like a fun job. And I go, it is. It's the best <laughs> job in the entire world. <laughs> so in today's episode, we talk about that quite a bit more because it's something that both Dan and I are very, very passionate about and adamant about. And I think it's a good episode. All right, let's do it. Hey there, ringers. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Events. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros sharing our best tips, tricks, and advice for planning a wedding that feels good to you. Because planning a wedding is hard work. But not anymore, because we've got your back. So, Dan, are you ready? You know it! Let's do this. Hi, Danielle. What's up? Not much, Dan. How are you? I'm very well. What's up, ringers? Welcome to episode 86 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. About, what's we're talking about today? Oh, my goodness, Dan. We go over this every single time. Oh, right. Sorry. Oh, wait. Let me pull up my notes here. Click, 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 click. Got it. There we go. Bridezillas. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah, but we're talking about why we shouldn't be talking about Brightzillas. Right. 
Yeah, because there are some words that exist in our language that are maybe supposed to be cheeky or funny or whatever it is. But in all reality, we feel as though they can be incredibly hurtful and very damaging. And Bridezilla is one of those words. And I don't think, I think it's just more than Bridezilla, right? I think it's any word with Zilla on the end of it. Groomzilla, blah, 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 whatever, right? Exactly, 100%. Anything involving that. We're using the word Bridezilla because I think it's kind of the one that you hear the most often. But I have absolutely heard grooms use the word Groomzilla. I've heard other people use the word Groomzilla. And yes, any other whatever Zilla out there is what we are talking about in today's episode because we think it's time that it's removed from the vocabulary. Yep. Vocabulary um, books? Gosh, if only there was a name for vocabulary books. Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's put a definition to this and talk about like where it came from and all that stuff. Yeah. So A, before we started planning this episode, this is an episode that we both really wanted to talk about because it's something that we've kind of touched on before, but certainly not to the depths that we're going to be talking about it today. But when we were kind of getting ready for this episode and preparing, because you guys know I loved putting together my little notes for these episodes. Actually, I learned... <laughs> little notes? <laughs> shut Dan. But really, I learned actually quite a bit of where this term came from and where it came about. And the more I learned, kind of the more angry that I got. But I think it's helpful to know where it comes from because it gives the context for why this word has become as damaging as it is today. So I actually pulled this directly from a site called Grammarist. And I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes. But Grammarist says... And I quote here, Bridezilla blends the word bride and the word Godzilla to create a term that describes a woman who plans her wedding without regard to others, a woman who's demanding and difficult to please while planning her wedding. Bridezillas have an unreasonable expectation of happiness while planning their weddings. The term Bridezilla carries the unspoken connotation of the destruction and suffering that the fictitious monster Godzilla created in its wake. The term Bridezilla was first used by Diane White in an article called Tacky Trips Down the Aisle, published by the Boston Globe newspaper in 1995. In the article, White describes Bridezillas as women who lose sight of the solemnity of the wedding. The subject of Bridezillas has spawned numerous articles, books, and television shows. The word Bridezilla was added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 2011, only 16 years after its first use. So, that's what Grammarist explains that to be. So much in there punches me in the gut, A, as a woman, but it's just these words of like unreasonable expectation of happiness and destruction and suffering and all these things are just so heavy and brutal. Yeah, I mean, can we talk for a second about, one, the pressure of just already put on women for having this perfect wedding and all that kind of stuff, right? And then all of a sudden you're supposed to like rise to the occasion and be perfect. And if you don't, then you're also labeled a bridezilla and all these things, right? It's just a hurtful word. You're trying to like balance all these things, right? You're planning this once in a lifetime event. You're also trying to have a social life. You're also still working. You're also still, you know, in a relationship and all these things, right? I'm probably skipping ahead a little bit here, but the moment you don't like deal with something in you know a positive way or something maybe you're stressed out or whatever all of a sudden because you're planning a wedding now you're a bridezilla because you're overly particular quote unquote about something that comes up in the wedding planning process right because we're all perfect and we all are perfectly level-headed all the time it's ridiculous right i 100 percent agree so when i was going through all of that this article that they mentioned this person diane white wrote an article in 1995 so a to me as I always feel like the 90s was like 10 years ago. And then I always have to remember that now it's like 
25 years ago, but isn't that crazy? But still, the 90s wasn't that far ago, that long ago, rather, that this word is kind of stemming from. And reading the article, I'm going to put a link to this article in the show notes as well, because it is a very interesting thing to read. Again, keeping in mind that it was written in the 90s, but it's meant to showcase the mistakes that couples make when they're planning a wedding, right? Yep. But many of the things that are included are quite frankly, I'm sorry, but they're bonkers because some of the things she claims to be no-nos are like no tuxedos and long dresses before 6 p.m. Guys, come on. No veils for second time around brides. Wear what you flippin' want to wear. No bridal showers. This one I was like, wait, what? No bridal showers thrown by the bride's family. I get that in the past, proper etiquette was like the bride's family should not plan the bride's shower because the bride's shower is kind of focused around gifts and the family should not be asking for gifts, yada, yada. But it is totally normal now for a bride's family to throw her a beautiful shower because times have changed. Here's another one. No clapping congregation. Dan, have you ever heard of that? Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Every weekend, everybody just sits there in silence. Yes, I now present for the first time the new couple, silence, right? Can you imagine? (laughs) I actually did work a wedding once where it was at a church and the person presiding over the ceremony did tell everybody at the rehearsal that when they announce the couple as officially married, no one is to clap because that is not basically, I I think they were going off of this idea of no clapping congregation. But I was like, wait, what? Um, But it's like a lovely thing. How many people followed that in the congregation the next day? Right, because everybody else who was not at the rehearsal clapped because they were excited for this beautiful couple that just said their vows. So yeah. anyway, point being, like I said, I'm going to link to this article in the show notes. But the point being is that so many of these things are outdated. And that includes the word bridezilla and how it came to be when she was talking about couples making what she considered to be not so great choices as they planned their wedding. Yeah, chances are you probably did not read this article or hear about this term from the article, right? Um, I'm trying to think if I knew about the term before the the TV show, Bradzilla's. Did you? I feel like it became popular around the TV show for sure. Yeah, I mean, when the show Bridezilla's came out, I was still late teenager. So I wasn't really in the wedding world like I am now. So I don't know that I would have known about the word otherwise. And I'm trying to think my sister got married in 1999. And I don't have any recollection of that word coming up. But I was also really young. So I don't know that I would remember. But Bridezilla's came out in 2004. So it's been around for quite some time. And it's still around, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Bridezilla's is this like popular reality, and I'll put reality in bunny ears TV show that is basically based around particularly women and brides planning their wedding and having major freak out moments where they're just going off the walls with what they're saying and their actions and how they're treating people around them. It is all amped up. It is all amped up. And as like you and I both know, reality TV is not full on reality, right? Like there are very few shows out there, if any, that are not, you know, contrived and, you know, a little bit scripted or guided or all those different things. So like, obviously, that's not news to anybody, right? But so much of it is amped up for the entertainment value. And a lot of couples just do it for the money and the fame. That's why this show exists. Which is really interesting to say that people would put themselves out there and their name out there and all this stuff as like a person who 
is angry and bitter and controlling just to get money. I mean, the whole thing, right? The vast majority of it is contrived, right? Like some of the stuff that I remember happening on that show, you would just look at it and say, really? Would an actual person do this? Would an actual person put their bridesmaids through something? Like I remember a while ago, actually, this was a real thing though, was that bride who asked a bunch of her bridesmaids to lose weight prior to the wedding. There's a whole bunch of flack around that. But yeah, I remember so many of the different episodes on that Bridezilla's show just being about the hype and just getting ratings and more people to watch a show and then advertisers and all that stuff, right? Because that's what reality TV is. It's about money and dollars and cash and advertising spots. Yeah. And I'm all for reality TV. If you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> you know I love my Real Housewives and my Vanderpump Rules and like all those shows that my poor fiance Mike just rolls his eyes at me for watching but like I'm here for it right we're not here to knock anybody who like watches the show or enjoys the show we're not even here to really knock the show because they're just doing their thing but the show is meant for shock and awe and I think so often it kind of only perpetuates this idea that if a woman in particular when we're talking about Bridezilla or if any person just kind of exerts a little bit of what it is they want that there's just this fear of it being met with, oh, well, gosh, geez, you don't want to be a bridezilla. You know what I mean? I'm willing to bet that since getting engaged, the word has either been mentioned to you or it's come up in your own inner dialogue at some point throughout the planning process. Fair? Yep. I kind of said a little bit about this in the beginning, but there is a massive amount of pressure on couples planning weddings, specifically brides, to have this perfect day, this once-in-a-lifetime event, and you also to be perfect along with it, right? So you've got, like I said, you've got to carry the stress of working, planning the wedding, having a social life, having parents with strong opinions, having thousands of dollars invested, and also the expectation and opinion that comes along with that thousands of dollars if somebody else is giving it to you, right? And then on top of it, like you said, Danielle, and you can go back and do it again or mention some of it again. But like on top of it, there's this do's and don'ts article like Mrs. White said, throw around all these things that you should know that you're supposed to do. And if you don't do them, then you're labeled bridezilla. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like poison this idea that like, oh, well, if you don't know that, like what kind of human being are you or what kind of woman are you? Like that is just ugh, gross. I hate that way of thinking. Like, Many couples, as they kind of like embark on this journey, like you kind of are expected to just know all of the things, right? You're sort of expected to just suddenly have all of the life skills to be able to plan a huge life event while doing it with total grace, knowing every bit of etiquette and just not sweating it and just like showing up like a Disney princess or prince at the end of the day. And quite frankly, we think that that's BS because that is a ton of pressure. You probably have not gone through this before. And if you have, you still have only maybe done it once or twice or whatever. We're not here to judge. But like still, it's not something that you've done so many times that clearly you should know what you're doing by now, right? As a couple, I just think there is so much pressure to embark on such a huge project while having your entire group of family and friends just like looking at you and like judging your every move, right? Because they're watching you. They're deciding to have opinions about every little thing that you do. And like I said, you're just suddenly expected to know all the things without breaking a sweat as you go. And that's not realistic and it's not fair. I literally, guys, I wrote that down. That's not realistic and it's not fair in all caps. Dan, didn't I? In all I? caps. All yes, caps. You did. I should yes, have bolded did. it and like made it colors at this point because that's how important it is. I feel like at this point in the podcast, we need to give some people permission to one, 
be a regular human being and make mistakes and be frustrated and be a real person by the fact that you've got all these balls up in the air and you're juggling them and you're trying to figure things out, right? Like the wedding planning learning curve is pretty steep, right? Like it is like taking a drink from a fire hose. Like you said, like the moment (laughs) – well, you never heard that analogy before? I had to have used that on this podcast before, really. I don't know that I've heard it before. I like it, though. Continue on. Yeah. Drink, from, drink a from a fire hose. hose. Yeah, it's a lot, right? Like, you're supposed, expected to know all the different things about wedding photography. Do you need a second shooter? Uh, how much coverage do you need? What's an, an engagement session? All this stuff. Do you need a planner? What kind of flowers do you want? All these things, right? Like you said, you're expected to do this all with grace. So let me just say, and I know you have some stuff to add to this, that you are totally a normal person. You are allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to be emotional. For goodness knows, I am a highly emotional hot mess sometimes. And that's just you know part of us being humans and dealing with the stress of life and all the stuff that it throws at us. I mean, now especially, right? This is a chapter of life, I think, for many people that is just more stressful than many other chapters of our lives before, right? And sometimes, like you said, we are human beings. And sometimes we are going to show up and we are going to have our like strong suits on and we're going to kick butt and we're going to just make all the best choices and we're going to leave that situation feeling really good about everything we did and said. And other times we're going to do some things and say some things that we say, you know what, in the future, I could probably have handled that a little bit differently. I know I myself, I'm super aware of the fact that when I am under stress and my mom is within a certain radius of me and she's like trying to help but is mostly in my hair, I will absolutely clap back at her with attitude. I love my mother to the ends of the earth and I don't mean to do it, but when I'm stressed, the like that monster in me comes out and, <laughs> and Ugh, mom, right, mom, <laughs> it's absolutely how it happens. That doesn't make me a bad person. I hope it makes me human, right? It makes me a person that's like, Ugh, I'm under stress and I handled this that way. Now, we're not saying like, it's okay to do that. That's not what I'm saying. But you are human. And I think it's really not fair that anytime somebody kind of expresses themselves that way, that they're sort of immediately met with instead of compassion or understanding they're met with this like name calling crap you know yeah i think there also is a line here right like you are allowed to be a human and all that stuff but we're also not condoning like really negative behavior especially at the cost of others right so like you can be frustrated and angry and sometimes bad things come out of that and then you say you're sorry later but i think some of the bad behavior that we've seen in the past and i think we've we've talked about this a bride who made some demands about her wedding not happening or the dream wedding that she always wanted. And she asked her wedding guests to pay for part of that trip. Was that what it was? There's honestly so many different stories. Like there's one where I think the couple demanded that all of the guests pay for the honeymoon that they were on, or they pay money in order to attend the wedding. And, you know, those are all really not okay things and how those things are being handled. And that's where I think someone in their life, they would really benefit from having someone just like be like, hey, I see you. I know a lot of this is stress coming out, but like this is not really how this works and this is why. And like maybe explain it from there because I think anything that comes out as a demand should be checked, right? Like just that's who we know. Yep. So that's a really big factor of it all. But I also know that it's a really fine line, right? Because for me, I can speak that as a woman and as a wedding coordinator, there is a fine line that I have to walk between confidently and clearly leading a team of wedding pros on a wedding day while also not coming across as bossy or we'll say 
bitchy, right? Trust me, <laughs> I've certainly been called both of those things from vendors when <laughs> I was doing my job and advocating for my client and they weren't happy about it. And that's where I have to make sure that I'm approaching it in a way that is as clear and kind as, as possible, while also still making sure that it's understood what needs to be happening. But there is a very fine line. And I can't speak for men because I'm not a man. But as a female, that is a really tricky thing. And I think that's where the term bridezilla becomes so difficult and so damaging for everybody is because no one really wants to be labeled that, or I should say very few people want to be labeled that. And I think sometimes I've had even clients say like jokingly, like, I don't want to be a bridezilla, but can we blah, 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 blah. And then the request that follows is a very normal, fair request that is like super valid. Like, yes, of course. But they feel the need to kind of wrap it up in this idea of like the disclaimer of like, I, I just I don't want to be a bridezilla, but would it be OK if my mom also walked down the aisle with my dad and I? Heck, yeah. Would it be OK if, you know, we extended cocktail hour to an hour and a half instead of an hour? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like just the fact that it has to be asked that way in such an apologetic way often breaks my heart. Yeah. I also feel like you said, right, where a lot of times they'll say, you know, I've had brides say, oh, I don't want to be a bridezilla, but this, this or this. Right. But if a guy were to ask that, the idea of him being a groomzilla or a bridezilla totally wouldn't come up. Right. And I just feel like there's like a double standard there where because everybody's already watching the bride, everybody's already, you know, thinking that this is her day and all the stuff that comes along with it. Um, it's just not fair anymore to call this stuff out, to label this person when I feel like it doesn't go both ways. You know what I mean? Am I explaining yeah. that correctly? I mean, I think it certainly has gone both ways. I've seen it happen on both sides. I think it does tend to happen to the woman a little bit more often, Yep. as with many other things. It's just kind of what it is. But I guess the reason that we wanted to make this episode was just to say that it's time to remove the word from our vocabulary. If there are people in your life who are using this word in jest with you and it's not sitting right in any sort of way, even like if you're like, it's funny, but like in the back of your head, it's like, oh, but no. is it funny? Yeah. You're allowed to speak up and say, I love you so much. And I know you're just kidding, but let's not use that word because I don't like it. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't need to become across that way. And I think that as you kind of go through the planning process, Dan and I always want to give you permission to respectfully and politely go about it in a way that is expressing what you want, is sharing what you need, is asking questions on the things that you have questions on. Like all of that stuff is so fair game. I know for me as a wedding planner, if I'm working with a client and they have questions on something, I want them to ask the questions. I don't want them to feel like they're just expected to know the answer. There's no such thing as a stupid question if you really don't know the answer to it. And I'd rather talk through it so that at the end of the day, you feel really confident and good as you're planning your wedding versus kind of second guessing the decisions you make because you don't fully know why you're making the decisions that were kind of guiding you into making. It's just a really tough thing. Like I said, I can't tell you how many times I've had a client say that to me and it just absolutely breaks my heart in two. Yeah. If somebody is acting in a way that you would be tempted to use the word bridezilla, right? Remember that they are acting that way, probably under a whole bunch of stress, probably under the fear that they're going to do something wrong. I think so much more 
productivity and help will come out of that situation by you approaching that person with like the littlest bit of compassion and asking them how you can help take some of the burden and take some of the stress off their shoulders, right? And if you're that person who feels like they're getting to that side and you don't want to be labeled a Bradzilla, but you're like, you're just not sure what to do, ask for help. You know, rather than demanding, right? Like you said, demanding is something to be checked. Ask for help in a way that is humble and vulnerability, I think, is probably something that, you know, we all have to deal with sometimes. But if you're stressed out and things are not coming together, that moment of vulnerability and saying, like, I really need help here, I'm stuck on this or whatever is going to be very big, but you're going to be met with such uh, a better place and more help is going to come from that than anything else that comes as a demand. Yeah, absolutely. I think if I can offer to you all that if you're in a place where you feel like this stress is like sitting on top of you, you see it not coming out of you in a great way, please reach out to us. I will happily be an ear to listen and a person to kind of help talk you through it. Actually, one of our ringers, he sent us an email earlier today. I sent her an email back and I won't really get into specifics because, you know, that's her private information. But really, she was just going through a situation where she was feeling a little bit out of control. It was coming out in a way that was like, frustration and I could just read it in everything that she was saying in the email and I just wrote her back and was like this is a difficult situation I'm going to be super honest with you and I just shared my heart a little bit with her and she emailed back and was like yep you're totally right thank you so much and I think it helped to just kind of or I don't know, maybe it didn't, but I like to think that it helped for her to kind of unload a little bit of that information and like talk through it and just have somebody else say like yeah that does suck how about this? Or think of it maybe like this, because I will and Dan will gladly be that person in your life for you if you need that right now. Yeah, we will gladly hold that space for you. And sometimes it's like a little bit easier to write something to somebody who like doesn't know you, right? And you don't have any skin in the game. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the best word. We're not going to judge you. Yeah. And we're also not going to be offended, really, unless you offend us. But like, you know, wait, Um, Yeah, we're not going to be offended by like you speaking your heart and speaking your truth. Because again, we don't know you and we don't have a relationship to be offended by. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. We have no other we have no other whatever with you. So if you're just coming to us and you want (laughs) to talk through it, we want to make that a safe space for you to do that with us. Because we love you guys. We always say this. We've got your back. We really do. We absolutely are here for you with this because we don't want anybody to go through experience like this. Yeah. And one of the things I always say to my couples that kind of sums up my whole entire belief around weddings and is very much true here for our ringers is that we are along for this journey, not just your wedding day, right? Like we're along for this whole thing. We are here to help uh, and we love it. That's why we do this podcast and that's why we're here for you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Hey, before we wrap up this episode, we want to take a minute and give lots of love and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. We wouldn't be here without you. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. And if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers, because let's be real, things are way easier when you have a solid support system who's going through it just like you are. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, or just click the link in the show notes. Yeah, not only are you helping out our show, but we are committed to bringing you a ton of extra help along the way. Like we've said, we got your back. Another way you can show your support is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. If you want to dive deeper on anything that we talked about today, check out the show notes at putaringonapodcast.com. 
And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos and watch some behind the scenes bloopers. Follow us at Put A Ring On It Podcast. Now friends, remember we are here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock. (laughs) Until next time, ringers.